Hi, I'm Steve Bailey, and today we're going to have a special episode of Financial Freedom Radio. Uh, we've been getting a lot of questions from people responding to issues with the economy, uh, issues with COVID-19 and how it's affecting the, the uh, financial markets. So I'm hijacking the episode today, and we're going to take Ray, and we're going to treat him like a puppet. And we're going to have him answer some questions and try to assuage some fears of what's going on in the market. So stay tuned. From Philadelphia, the home of the Liberty Bell, Financial Freedom Radio starts now. Here's your host, Raymond Jewell. Well, it's not really Ray, it's me. Um, again, my name's Steve Bailey. I'm the guy behind the scenes. Um, and I thought we would hijack today's episode uh, and talk about some things that are happening in the world today, in the economy today. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of freewheel this. Uh, this is unscripted. We had a planned show today, um, but I think today we're going to go off script and we're just going to have a dialogue. So with that, I'm going to bring Ray in. Hey, Ray. What do you mean hijacking my show? Well, we've been getting a lot of questions. We've been getting a lot of, of people who are concerned about, you know, the stock market took a big tumble last week. And I just thought this could be a good platform for us to address some questions. I mean, you've got countless years of experience uh, in economics, in the finance world. And I just thought it would be a are good you opportunity. saying I'm old? No, what I'm saying is you're smart. You're seasoned. <laughs> you're wise. Okay, smarty pants. Um, but I just thought it would be a good opportunity for you to kind of address some of the things that are going on and, and give us your spin on what's going on and, and see if we can help people feel a little bit more calm about, you know, some of the things like, for example, the stock market. Talk to me. Um, should I be concerned? Uh, it's too late. You know, what's interesting is when you look at the stock market, we had a crash back in 2008. How soon we forget. And, and it devastated people financially and they lost huge amounts of money. And then all of a sudden they had to work real hard just to get back to ground zero to to start building again. And every time the market drops and people lose money, they lose value. And, you know, the, the favorite saying that people say, well, you know, I got my money back. Yeah, but you should have more because when you work real hard to get back to zero, you, you've, you've recovered what you've lost and you've lost ground in total. And people just don't seem to get that. The financial people, we, you know, we are, we're just getting back to, to the things that we did wrong before. I mean, how many times do people have to have a kick in the head? It's like that old mule. And no uh, disparaging remarks to mules, but you know you have to slam that mule with the two by four aside its head before he gets a, gets a, before you get its attention. So when you look at the markets, the markets are not and should not be the sole place you have your money. But what do they do? They put it all in the market: four hundred one k's, IRAs, and when it goes down. People panic and they either sell. I know people that have sold and I said, don't, don't, don't sell. Yeah. Keep your money, keep your money there. It's going to come back. If you sell, you're, you've admitted defeat. First of all, you shouldn't have your money there. All of it. You know, well, I that's have a just small, 
I mean, I think one of the things that you always you've told me over the years is that you know it's okay to have some money in the stock market, but if that's your only place where you've got money, you know, you're putting yourself. It's it's like all your eggs in one basket, right? You should never yeah. do that. And if you spend, you know, every and and this is what gets me is like it kind of dovetails into what you said. Well, you should never do it in a financial setting. Andrew Carnegie said in business, put all your eggs in one basket and watch the basket. But when it comes to finance, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you've got it all in one area that when it drops, it, drop, <clears throat> it drops fast, as we saw. Right, right. So people And the only time you everything. really lose money in the stock market is when you sell. No, I've heard that before. You don't think uh, so? Tell that, tell that to your banker. If you've got stocks and you've got $10,000 worth of stocks and now it's worth 5000 and you put that on your balance sheet, is that real loss? Of yeah, course I guess it you're is. Right. And so, you gotta earn, you got to earn more to get back to the 10. And when in reality, you should have stayed at the 10 and gone up even higher. Yeah, and you've lost you know, time. And, and that's the that's one right. thing that people don't get is, you know, yes, you're back to ground zero, but all that time, you know, time is that's the right. one commodity that we never, we have a finite amount of that and you right. never get that back. And that's one of the that's things that's important is, and that's one of the reasons that we do this show is we try to help people understand, uh, you know, how to right. maximize their finances and maximize their financial freedom so that they can really leverage the time. Because really, at the end of the day, time is what we all have and what we're all running can, out of every single day. Yeah. Can you put the, the crawler to subscribe, like, and share? Oh. <laughs> um, yes, Let, let's and, get the shameless plug tell in. People, and tell people who I am. Um, you know, one of the things that, that is important, and financial planners, they hate me for saying it, and they will defend their actions of you know, a hundred percent. But first of all, let me paint a picture here. People give money to other people who they don't really know well. They put their whole financial life's trust in these people's hands. And these people are managing their money and they're called financial planners. And they put money where they make money because they're in business to make money for themselves. And so all the way down the chain, you've got people making money off of your money. So we give money to people we don't know. We, we uh, get them to invest our money in places we don't fully understand. And we bank our whole life's financial future based on these people. Assuming, and I'm getting my plug in for next week's show, uh, financial, political, and life assumptions. So we, they, we assume they know what they're doing, when in fact, we have no way to verify whether what they're doing is right or wrong. So we, we, we put our life savings into the market and we gamble. It's pure gambling. That's what it and is. And all of a sudden... Overnight, it seems, the market tanks and the Fed start doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Had the Federal Reserve, and you know that I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative, so I don't 
answer to any one party. In this case, it's the Republicans because they're more con- fiscally conservative than the um, than the Democrats who are loony as far as what they're talking about. But when the where'd you go? You wanted your crawl. I had to put your crawl up. Oh, so you have to only have one screen for that? Oh, yes. nice. So what happens is uh, we can't verify whether what they're doing is right or wrong. And all of a sudden, overnight, boom, everything collapses. And what occurs is financial devastation. Now, if you're a retiree and you're living on that, all of a sudden your lifestyle has, has dropped. If you're young and you've got all your uh uh, all your eggs in that in that stock market basket, you're going to end up in financial trouble, as we outlined earlier. I I only have a small percentage of money in the market. Uh, I have it in in whole life insurance and uh, annuities because and and financial people laugh at at what I tell them. But you know what? When the markets go down, I haven't lost a dime. My money is still where it was the day before the markets went down. And I haven't lost a dime. Indexed annuities, you, you can um, uh, you can get them where they're indexed uh, uh, on some on funds. But the bottom, the downside is protected. You always want to protect your downside, but the financial people don't do that. They go, oh, index, index annuities are very expensive. Well, so are mutual funds. So are stocks because you got to pay money to get them. And when you lose money, what's the lost opportunity cost of losing it? And the lost opportunity cost is when you lose money, what could you have used those dollars for somewhere else? And at what rate of return could you have gotten it from it? So you've got a lost opportunity to spend those dollars that have evaporated. And people just don't get it. And the financial people, every, actually, they're, they're, they're getting bolder. When, when we started pulling out of what happened in 2008, they were a little timid and they were kind of still touting annuities and whole life insurance and all that. And... And you, let me clarify something. When you put your money in these places, you've got to do it right. You've got to know what you're doing. And there's a group of practitioners called LEAP Practitioners. And you could Google it, uh, Lifetime Economic Acceleration Process. They build economic models to, to verify whether what they're doing is right or wrong. They'll actually show a client where they're going to lose money and how they can correct against it out into the future. So if you're looking for a place to to go, Google it. Uh, if you want help in finding these people, just you know, let me know and I can point you in the right direction. But that was how you when, and I met. That's right. Because I I that's I build the economic models and uh, I show people whether what they're doing is right or wrong and where they're going to lose if they continue the course. And again, that's I'm drifting over into next week's show. But uh, well, for the records, so, next week's show was supposed to be this week's show until I took control. Yeah, right. So when you when you have uh, when you have an annuity, don't listen to the people saying it's very expensive. 
because there's hidden fees and mutual funds, there's hidden fees and all sorts of stuff. The bottom line is you're not going to lose any money when the market goes down because wherever it is, that becomes your new baseline and it just builds from there. Same with a, a good dr dividend driven whole life insurance uh, uh, policy. And there's several companies out there that I know of Guardian, Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual. Um, you know, there's, there's some good companies that are mutual companies that have dividend driven life insurance. Now, a lot of people will say, what's the difference between a mutual company and a stock company? Well, a mutual company pays dividends to the policyholders because it's owned by the policyholders. The stock companies pay, pay dividends to stockholders because the stockholders own it. So if you have insurance with a mutual company, then you get dividends which you, because you're part of the people that own the company. And they go right in to build your cash value even more. So, uh, hang on. I, I want to stop you for a second because I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, okay. One of the things you always talk to me about is, is that dividend uh, insurance policy thing. Why do you think that the financial planners or the people – you know, I drive down the road and I see advertisements on billboards for financial planners all over the place. Why do you think they're not telling people to do this? It's a great question. Uh, they're they're not doing it because they don't have they don't have a, a good understanding of macroeconomics. They don't understand where the inefficiencies are and uh, how to fix them, and they don't understand how to explain it to people so that they understand it. So they go to where they can make the most money and the easiest money, excuse me, the easiest money. And that's in the stock market. Everybody knows the stock market. People, people feel that it's, there's an allure of the stock market. Oh, I'm invested in the stock market. You go to parties, you know, uh, I got my stocks. I got my, my uh, Microsoft stocks or my Apple stocks, they may have 10 cents in the market, but they're talking like J. Paul Getty. So they, uh, uh, the allure is there and it's easier for a financial person to sell that because remember they're in business to make money and they get paid commissions. And if they, if they sell your stock, if they call you up and sell your stock, say, I think we ought to sell and buy X they get another commission. They get a sell commission and a buy commission. So uh, the government has laws against it. It's called churning, but, uh, uh, and the same in insurance. If you talk to somebody and they're, they're selling insurance, uh, they want to replace what you currently have uh, with what they have because they want to get a new commission. I would never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams replace a whole life policy. I don't care what company it's with because any policy is good if it's seasoned. It's, it will build. It will beat markets because of the fact that markets go down and severely impact your growth. And so... So what um, is it again that you call it? You call it a dividend... Dividend-driven whole insurance policy. Now so, you want to get it from the right company, but you so, never want to let your financial guy come in and replace it. The only time you should fool around with life insurance is if you're, if you're trying to get a lower term cost. So hang on a second. 
do me a favor and in in five seconds or less at your best third grade level because i'm ignorant in some of this stuff tell tell us what a dividend driven whole life policy what's the purpose does it pass your youth growth test does it you know what's the benefit not just from a financial but i hear insurance so i'm assuming there's some kind of uh, uh, a death benefit involved so kind of bring us up to speed on what that is okay you've got three components in a whole life policy you got guaranteed cash value which you've is got dividend which is guaranteed contractual most policies have a four percent guaranteed cash value growth okay which which is far better than you can get in any savings account you've got dividends which are paid uh, by the company based on the efficiency of the company if the company runs a really efficient uh, operation and they have money left over at the end of the year then they end up paying that back to the policyholders because they own the company and that's mutual companies and then you've got death benefit death benefit is when you when you uh, take out a million dollar policy the company has the risk up front. They take 100% of the risk, but they know that at whatever age you're doing it, they have an actuarial table that tells them what's a percent of you dying. Right. So they take the risk up front. But over time, as you get closer to dying, their risk diminishes and your cash value and dividend values start to grow. So your your death benefit becomes your cash value your, your total cumulative cash value no not cumulative but your total cash value with the dividends and guaranteed cash value and whatever risks they're willing to share totaling the full amount of the death benefit so basically that being so so let me just play this back to make sure i understand it so what you're saying is that at the beginning you take out a million dollar policy and they assume right. all the risk and then over time, you're paying premiums, but those premiums are actually going into the cash value. So the amount of money that they're committing to pay you on your death, the, the amount that they're going to take out of their pocket is getting less and less because you're putting more premium into it. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what happens, the first year you probably have very little cash value because right. they take out their charges and everything. It's all front-loaded. And, uh, and then the second year, you probably have uh, maybe 50 or 60% of what you've paid in over the two years. At the end of five years, your break-even point should be, at the end of five years, you should have uh, what you've paid in uh, maybe, maybe 80 or 90%. At the end of 10 years, you should be whole and then some. Gotcha. And uh, the... The best way to look at that is, you know, people that invest, wealthy people will look at the growth on an annual basis. What am I getting in X account on an annual basis? And do I want to continue doing this or do I want to look at something else over here? So if you look at your growth on a year, on a yearly annual basis, when you get to about the, I think it could be, depending on the insurance company, it could be around eight, um, seven year, your, the amount of money you've put in has to be greater. Your cash value will exceed what you've put in. You're right. starting to get growth. 
Now you're so starting to get growth. You get through you get through those rough years, and and then that thing's taken off. So you asked me about use and growth simultaneously. So if you've got cash value, when you create a loan from an insurance company with and and it uses your cash value as collateral, you you borrow that money out. If you take that money and you go over and you buy a piece of real estate. They don't take the money out of your insurance policy. They create a loan from the general fund of the insurance policy or the insurance company with your policy right, as collateral. Right. So when you take your money out and you go and you buy, a, a say, a rental property, you, you end up having that rental property grow faster than what they're charging you in interest. So you're using the money while it's still growing over here in the insurance policy. And it's hard for people to conceptualize that. The financial people just don't get this. Right. But what occurs is when you see it on paper, it, it light bulbs start going off. So you end up in the insurance policy, you end up getting use and growth simultaneously. You can't do it in annuities because they have what they call first in, first out. Um, so the money that you put in, I think it's first in, for, it used to be first in, last out. So the money coming out, if you were to take it, uh, they're going to charge you taxes on it. But again, I've been away from it for a long time. I haven't built the models. You need somebody that's current with it. Uh, I built my business and sold it. So I, uh, I haven't, I haven't actually worked the models, but when I did do it, we could show all of that. And it was, it was phenomenal, but back to our original topic. I'm not here to sell life insurance right, right, or annuities, but my point is that people need to know that there are places that they can put their money. And whenever the markets go down, they could still benefit from the market growth, but whenever they go down, it doesn't, doesn't go below a, a, a bottom line point. So I think, I think the mess, and then I'm glad you did that because I was about to bring it home and, and you're right. We were going way down into the water, but I, I think it was important because one of the things that attracted me to <clears throat> you as an economic coach was that idea of diversification and not only diversification, but into areas that regular financial planners aren't telling you. They're telling you to get into mutual funds. They're telling you to get into the stock. They're telling you to get into all the stuff that they know how to sell that maximizes their commissions, that makes the most money yep. for the company and not necessarily the best idea for you in a long-term position. So, and that's what I wanted you to kind of touch on was, you know, the people who are panicking, who are knee-jerk reacting to, you know, sell, 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 because, you know, the market's tanking. If you're divested properly, if you've got your money into all the right vehicles, you're not losing your shirt when the market does this. And you can ride this out because we all know that at some point the market's going to bounce back. Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, that the, the financial people don't understand, when you put your money into a whole life policy, you're, you're purchasing the death benefit up front. You're not paying the commissions. The commissions are paid out of, they're front loaded out of the coffers of the insurance company. Because if they were paying the commissions up front, then for the first five years or four years, you, you would... Uh, or maybe three years, you would end up not getting any cash value. But a good dividend-driven 
whole uh, whole life policy from a mutual company will give you cash value in the first year. So, and in the second year, it'll just start to take off. Um, so, but but make no mistake, the insurance guys make a lot of money. They get commissions and uh, and and they they uh, get renewals every year. So they have a vested interest in keeping you going, right? Uh, unless you're churning from one company to another, and you want to look out for that because that makes no sense. And uh, there's laws against it, but they can't police it. It's just they try to have forms to fill out replacement forms and all that kind of stuff. So, but the only thing that you should be replacing on an annual, not annual, but you know, every so often take a look at your term insurance because you know the rates do change on that. They go down because mortality keeps getting longer and longer. I mean, I'm 75 years old and my mortality, who knows? Uh, they're telling me it's 86, but uh, I, I'm planning on going to 100. 75 <laughs> years young, thank you. There you go, yeah. All right, so um, we're getting close to time. How long have we been going? We're at 25 minutes right now. What would you want to say to just kind of wrap this up and tell people, you know, this is your platform. Well, Don't get political, but just get financial and tell them, give them a nickel's worth of free advice uh, to ride this storm out. Well, use this as a teachable moment. I, I thought 2008 would have been a teachable moment, but I guess not because people forget. They think they're financially immortal. They think they're indestructible financially. And of course, all the people are out there hawking all these programs and all of these uh, uh, products that, that, you know, the allure of them, but don't be lured into that kind of stuff. You know, get something that protects your bottom line, even though it may not be the 10 or 20% growth. If you systematically get six to 8% and you suffer and you Whenever the markets go down, you don't lose anything. You're really beating the markets. I'm beating the markets with my uh, with the places I have my money. My insurance policy beats the markets because these downturns are severe. And it's got nothing to do with uh, the overall economy. The economy, the stock markets are only a small piece of the economy. The economy is still moving and shaking, even though we've got this coronavirus and the markets have gone down. And um, we're talking about this is the 16th of March in 2020. So uh, we'll be able to look at this and kind of see the difference a year from now and see where the markets are. But the point I'm making is protect your bottom line. You work hard for this money. Get use and growth simultaneously in everything you do and go back and listen to other, other shows that we've done. It'll give you a good grounding into what to expect. So I want to thank you all for coming and tuning in to financialfreedomradio.com. Uh, have a great week and we'll be back here next week. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to learn how to create real sustainable wealth like the extremely rich people do, or maybe you just want to sustain the wealth you already have, you need to check out Dr. Ray's new book, Why the Rich are Rich. 
Ray's been coaching clients for 35 years and has completely unlocked the secret strategies that rich people use day in and day out to grow and sustain their wealth, regardless of what's going on in the economy. His book is completely free, and you can get it by going to whythericharirich.com and entering your email address. Again, that's whythericharirich.com. Head over there now. 